0: Today, we'll be discussing the late great comedians, Louis Anderson and Bob Saget, and we'll be discussing scleroderma. This is Doctor vs. Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja, and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan every episode I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment and I question him about it then Ali picks a topic from medicine and health and grills me on that topic today we will go over the careers of Louis Anderson and Bob Saget who both passed away recently and we'll be discussing the disease scleroderma but before that Ali how is it going
1: a little achy, a lot of snow shoveling happening lately yeah. in our neck of the woods. Your yeah. neck of the woods as well. Yeah,
0: lots of snow, lots of snow. So you've been doing the shoveling a lot.
1: We're doing the shoveling. It was um. I don't know if you remember a snowstorm of the century in the uh back in the nineties, late nineties. It was reminiscent of one of those. That that was a that was a snowstorm where shoveled the drive. So I lived in a basement apartment and mm-hmm. I got mm, 50 bucks a month. Classy. I got 50 bucks a month knocked off of my rent if I lawnmow and shovel. I was like, oh, that's a bargain. It barely snows in Toronto. Incorrect. Right. <laughs> I got snowstorm of the century. So I would shovel that driveway. Then I went to my friend Himesh's. We shoveled his driveway. Then we came back to my house, and it had filled up another two feet again. We had no, to—I sho- mean, it was yeah. it was madness. I remember we um, we drove around. Not only did they have to say don't drive, people were like, "Well, of course, don't drive, right?" But we were—I I was from Quebec. I was like, "I've seen snow. I have winter tires." So we went driving, and we were like. Uh, helping push people out of ditches and stuff like that. And it was, I don't know, it felt like a post-apocalyptic vibe. Mm-hmm. It also felt interesting to push somebody out of a ditch. Uh, like, they're stuck there. They're completely <laughs> yeah, stuck. They're, get they're helpless. Himesh and I use all the power we have to make sure our feet don't slip. We push them out. And then, uh, no thank you. Not even a wave. That's always... Uh, <laughs> they that's just, always just nice. drive that's off. A, <laughs> That's a memory I have from the snowstorm. Well, that's the
0: most Toronto thing to ever have Torontoed that I've ever heard. I mean, for those of you who haven't, uh, you know, either had the pleasure pleasure pleasure. of uh, visiting Toronto, don't expect people to hold doors open for you. That is like not happening. Uh, And it's all pre-COVID. Maybe with COVID, people are more hesitant. I don't know about touching doors or whatever, but, or door handles, but nobody holds doors open for you. Nobody says thank you if you hold the door open for them. And, you know, people making eye contact, to, that's, that's a big no-no in Toronto, I guess. Great. Poor me. Asif. Look at these dated concepts
1: that you still believe in, like decency and civility. Yeah,
0: I'm a bit harsh on Toronto. I lived there for five years and you live there currently. But uh yeah, it's just friendliness isn't not that big of a deal.
1: Let me ask you this. I've got a little bit of a toothache, mm-hmm. as I've told you about. This morning, my wife was going by this like French bakery, and I was like, maybe if you could pick up some croissants, because until I get to the dentist, can't chew on anything too significant. So croissant, I thought, you know, it's fra- soft, and, and it you know it, it soothes my it soothes my heart as well.
0: Soothes your heart, it clogs the arteries going here. Yeah, to your but it, heart it's comfort food butter. and okay. makes me
1: feel good. But yeah, of course, it, of course, it's not healthy, but. I have to I order it online so that it'll be ready for her mm-hmm. and put in all the info. They ask for a phone number. I don't put in my phone number, I put in a fake phone number, just like a, you know, area code and then nine seven fours, you know. Okay. Paranoid, uh, I guess. I, sure. Well, I just every time I give a number anywhere, within that week I'm getting spam text messages for like Celine Dion tickets or some yeah, other it's thing. It's not that bad, actually. It's not the end of the world, but I just you know your phone rings and you go to it and you're like, ugh.
0: Okay, okay. I know you're. you I mean, you're, you're some like, people have that so they can confirm your order if there's a problem. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but what was the problem going to be? I thought. Well, I thought. Okay, well, keep going.
0: I won't interrupt. Anyway,
1: turns out one of the items, mm-hmm. so we had croissants, yeah, is missing. Croissants, That's and the
0: problem milk. that can occur sometimes. But yeah. So
1: that was missing, and then they just canceled the whole whole order. <laughs> Because they couldn't reach me, they canceled the whole order. Uh, and I, somehow I thought of you immediately. I yeah, was like, well, what I, I, I
0: already predicted it. I didn't know that story, but I predicted the folly of you not giving the right phone number. It caused you. You created your own downfall there. I did. Eh? Uh, very very bad. Very bad. I mean, they had my email. That's how they reached <laughs> out on, to me. To email me. emails. Know. If you want a response in a week. Yeah, I
1: guess. Anyway, so by the time my wife got there, rectified all that, all the croissants were gone.
0: Oh, uh, no. It would be another So you had to have to like a baguette or something really hard? I like had what was have, it? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I had a bite of an almond croissant, which I did not care for, and then uh, a very crusty baguette. You got it. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. the tooth was I,
0: worse. My tooth was Can worse. I tell you. This is a parable, everyone. This is a parable uh, that hopefully you all learn from. Okay, Ali. Uh, a bit of a, a sad few weeks. We've had two deaths of two really um, giants of comedy in yeah. in Louis Anderson and Bob Saget. So I thought we would uh, talk about this. I want to ask you a bit about you know what you know about these guys, how they've influenced comedy. And I don't know if you want to do what we did before with Betty White, where we each kind of talked about a couple, uh, one or two interesting points about these guys that we didn't already know. Because there's been a lot of talk about these guys in the news over the past couple of weeks. So yeah. I thought maybe we'd see if there was something that in these articles that we've come across that was kind of a unique sort of thing. So you want to start with uh, Louis Anderson?
1: Yeah, well, Louis, you know, one thing, if, if people don't know Louis Anderson, I, I would say very, very much worth exploring two parts of his life number 1 his stand up comedy it was really like you know he was a, he was a big guy he was overweight but he didn't you know he had this one classic joke where he would uh you know, show up. It's the first time I ever heard that joke, and it, it turned hack. But I think it was his joke, where he would stand in front of the um the the mic stand when he got on stage, and then go, "Oh, let me move the mic stand out of the way so you can see me, Ben." Mm, right. Even though you know he's three hundred plus pounds, we could see him just fine. But in general, he didn't make a ton of. I don't know you. You felt like you were laughing with him and never at him. It was a very very interesting style he had, where. I don't know. It was like you were, we were all in it together. We were all laughing. Uh, He made everybody feel like we were all suffering from stuff and let's all laugh at our problems. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was a beautiful thing. He didn't take down other people. He didn't even uh, take down himself too bad where you're like, oh, that's sad. You know, he was, and and to, to that point, I think that's why he was a, a family feud host. For three or four seasons Do you remember that? Do you remember that? You know, I
0: didn't remember Until you said that Then I remembered He was the host You know, it's a family feud host Has to be a bit Kind of acerbic And a bit harsh I think Steve Harvey Does a good job uh, Currently in the States Uh, Jerry D does it in Canada I don't know if it was The best fit for Louis Anderson
1: I think he was too sweet And loving I think that's why he didn't uh, I don't know I don't know why He didn't continue But I think he's just Such a sweet guy But I, you know You want somebody Who's going to make you Feel at ease on that show Mm-hmm. He was absolutely the guy, That's and in true. the moment, he could be extremely funny and uh, very, very charming. But I see what you're saying. The other hosts, he had uh, he lacked something the other people had for 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 better or worse in that uh, in that sharp, biting style. Yeah,
0: Richard Dawson is a whole other category of, of hosts. Uh, I mean, he's the OG for family feud for me, yeah. but he was, he was a different thing. You know, he wasn't really He's a also the OG
1: back. for sexual molesters, right? <laughs> I mean, he also had something. Yeah,
0: it is. yeah, It's true. That's quite creepy now that I think about it, but uh, yeah. But anyway, getting back to Louis Anderson, Louis Anderson, when was the first time you kind of were exposed to him?
1: I think it was a uh, comedy specials, you know, it would have been maybe the just for laugh stuff on television or um, maybe when I was visiting my cousin in the U S these HBO comedy specials or yeah. I mean, I just want to say that it, it it's actually phenomenal. If you look at the tributes that are pouring in about Louis, I mean, it's from all walks of life, all different backgrounds. You know, Dane Cook, I'm just looking here from The Hollywood Reporter, Dane Cook, Bill Burr. I mean, masterful, people who I consider masters of their craft refer to Louis Anderson as, as, a, as a master. You know, you have then uh, Michaela Watkins, Wesley Snipes, Haley Joel Osment, Byron Allen, Kathy, I mean, all, there's so many people from so many different uh, uh, different industries, all talk about the pleasure of either knowing him or meeting him or what he did for them, and it's really, really touching. And uh, I don't know. I, I think the reason I wanted to talk about Louis and Bob this week is that it's like these two real, like, sweet, kind of gentle giants who, um, who went. And I probably, as you asked me where I saw Louis, it was probably. As I think about it, it would have been either Carson or Letterman.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I mean, he was also on Hollywood Squares a lot back in the day. So I definitely, I mean, I saw him a lot on TV Mm -hmm. and I definitely saw him in Coming to America, but I think I saw him prior to that movie as well. But I think I saw him before Coming to America as well, as you said, on specials. Like I said, he was kind of like on daytime, nighttime. He was on a lot of TV back in the day. But I loved him in, in the Coming to America as one of the other McDowell employees. Yeah, McDowell. Yeah, uh,
1: that was his big break as well. So you were asking about things people may not know about Louie Anderson. I will say that uh, for me, one of the things that I found interesting about him was his uh, – his connection to his mother and i don't know if everybody knows that but there's this great interview he did with Conan where he talks about how much he loved his mother and he's a, one of 11 children big midwestern family and he's the second youngest and it sounds like he had a kind of a tough childhood mm-hmm. with his dad but 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 it's a beautiful interview where he still this is what i'm talking about everyone still has their humanity even though he you know he wouldn't let you feel too angry about his dad mm-hmm he immediately said his dad was still a wonderful guy in his own ways and this kind of stuff. And I, I really like that. But if if you haven't watched Baskets, mm-hmm. it's really like, I love this story. Zach Galifianakis, when they were talking about casting for, for his mom on this show, Baskets, uh, the, the character of Christine Baskets, his mother he was like, you know, somebody like a female version of, of Louis Anderson. I guess he was telling some, some producer or co-writer. And then he goes, you know what? Screw it. Let's just ask Louis if Louis <laughs> yeah. will do it. And yeah. the, 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 the partner, the, whoever that writing partner was, was like, what are you talking about? Louis's never going to do that. He's said, well, let's ask, let's ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. And a, I'm, I'm, you know, we, 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 we're so lucky that Zach Galifianakis thought to do that. And uh, we're lucky that, that Louis said, yes. Have you, have you, did you watch Baskets? I, you know, I
0: haven't seen it. You haven't
1: seen it? Dude, this, it's like, you know, there's many articles have been written about this, where this character transcended drag. It wasn't Louis Anderson in a mm-hmm. dress. Yeah, I've It heard was that. Louis doing an ode to his mother. It was Louis doing, like, just that same humility that he approached Comedy with and life with you see all these tributes about what a kind heart this this kindness and tenderness of somebody who's you know flawed or broken I shouldn't say flawed I should say broken her you know I'm not giving anything away her husband is said to have committed suicide in the show and you know she'd never be able to do the thing she was and obviously a overweight woman and all that it's just it's played with such utter humanity and it's uh, it's the most beautiful thing about that show it's a great show but mm-hmm. really uh Louis Anderson's performance on that show there's there's one episode where you know she is uncomfortable to to join I think the swimming class she doesn't want to you know be in a bathing suit around other women and she goes to this beach in, in at night and walks into the water in this in this big red swimming suit and just as soon as she gets in the water it's like a, in the in the Pacific Ocean she just lets out this breath of freedom and I don't know man it was it was played masterfully and people were calling that um you know Louis second act Louis got a, a second turn at doing something great on um, on television after all these years
0: well he and he actually was nominated for the Emmy Award three times and won mm. in 2016. Yeah. Uh, again, I forgot about till till recently, and when I was reading about his passing. Speaking of being cast in things, so and he was cast in Coming to America. So Eddie Murphy, I don't know if you knew this, requested this because the producer said, "Well, we should have one white person." It's it's really a hmm. African American cast. So he said, "I want Louis Anderson, who was his friend, another comedian, because he's yeah. the funniest white guy around." You know, that was Eddie Murphy. You know, vouching for him, and I agree, it was hilarious. But did you know that he was also? This is a show you and I used to watch. Uh, w- when we were kids, Perfect Strangers, with Bronson Pinchot as Balky Bartokopas, right? And in the pilot- We did
1: the, gents, the Dance of Joy together. We I did the Dance the of, of Joy university. In <laughs> the pilot,
0: it was Louis Anderson who was cast as Mark Lynn Baker's role. And then when it was picked up, they changed him uh, to uh, – they changed him Cousin, to Baker.
1: Cousin Laddie. yeah.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy? They changed the, – Yeah, uh, that
1: is uh, – I don't see – I mean, it was a great choice, obviously. Uh, you know, that, that show um, left an impact and, and lasted for a number of seasons. I don't know. I don't see Louis doing that. But then – I also didn't see Louis playing uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis's mother. So what do I know? How do yeah? I wonder if he ones? if
0: Louis uh, would have been too nice for that. Again, like we in, in indicated before with the Family Feud, like Larry yeah. had to have this kind of again acerbic to use that word contrast to Balky, who was so kind of innocent and bright and you know. Sure. So I, I'm not sure if that would have worked, but uh, yeah. So in terms of casting, that was. Uh, those are two big things uh, I found out recently.
1: That's interesting. Another thing about Louis that I did not know, that a lot of people seem to, I mean, I didn't get Fox in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what Fox was, except for a company that made movies. Before Family Feud, so 94 to 98, he had a, um, a Saturday morning cartoon. It was semi-autobiographical. It was mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. life, and it was called Life with Louis. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, yeah this this kid series Saturday morning cartoon. I, I did not know that you were a cartoon fiend uh, yourself, Asif. Did you? ever I, come knew,
0: across about that it. Show? I knew about it. I knew about. I can't remember if I watched it. Maybe one episode, but I definitely knew it existed back in the day for sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe the last thing that we'll just talk about is something interesting. It's a bit more of a downer, but I had no idea about this till I was doing some reading uh, after he passed away. So in 1997, around. There was this guy named Richard John Gordon who blackmailed Louis Anderson. Yeah, this guy's a a total lowlife. He tried to blackmail – actually, he did blackmail Louis Anderson because he said that Louis Anderson propositioned him at a casino in 1993. And so basically between 97 and 98, Louis Anderson paid this guy about $100,000 in hush money to kind of keep this Mm – you know under wraps and then the guy was trying to increase the amount that he was blackmailing him for and then i think eventually louie anderson went to the fbi and this guy was like arrested after some crazy high-speed chase in, in la and i don't know it's just a crazy story it's
1: crazy i did not know about that at all until i did a deep dive after he had and you know it's that story is more like a sad comment on hollywood because you know he he wanted it in my mind i'm like who cares if he People thought he was gay. That's my first thought. But, you know, it, uh, he was doing these family shows and he was worried. And, you know, he's probably right in the 90s in Hollywood because his kids show, his kids show Life with Louis came out Yeah, after, was around that you know, time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Again, that would totally not nobody would even like bat an eye really nowadays with, with that type of thing. But uh, that's too bad. But I'm glad that was that was again settled like 20 years ago. But for Louis Anderson, yeah, definitely a great great person and uh really respected by a lot of other comics and uh it's a, it's it's a real real sad occasion on his passing.
1: The other person who uh, you know, Louis joining up at the uh you know, blackjack table in the sky, one one likes to imagine. I think they'd be at the
0: comedy cellar or something like that in the sky. They'd be at the uh, the
1: comedy cellar. The cellar suggests they're in hell together. No, but uh, that's the name of a – anyway. I get it. But cellar underground, below ground, you get it? Walk down the stairs. Bob Saget is, uh, you know, one of the most interesting things. I don't know if you remember this, Asif, but this is like – I don't think this is pre-internet. The internet was available, but I guess we didn't scour the internet the way we used to. Mm-hmm. But I remember everybody for like this two-year period, their favorite little tidbit to tell you was, hey, you know, Bob Saget, you know, he's really dirty. Yeah. His, you know he's his a comedy. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, that was the time of Full House and it, everybody would whisper it to each other. Well, no, Full House and
1: uh, uh, America's Got Talent. Got talent, got home videos every Sunday night, his smiling, boyish, uh, you know, flawless face. And he's getting off on these like harmless pranks that are happening and trips and falls. And he used to be, what was his name? Danny, Danny Tanner. Mm -hmm. I was going to say uncle Jesse. Uh, He was Danny and, uh, Uh, It was it was inconceivable. That's why everybody loved to tell you he's actually very dirty, because once you find found that out, your mind was actually blown. Now, that's going back over 20, 25 years. But I remember that was a big, big deal. His life is pretty interesting. Bob Saget, actor and, and TV host and comedian, originally wanted to do what with his life, Asif? Any guesses?
0: He wanted to be a doctor.
1: He wanted to be just like
0: Austin. Exactly. We're the same. We're the same (laughs) base.
1: Yeah. So you see, that's why there's this, you know, you don't have to do what you think you want to do. No, that's why
0: there's a doctor and comedian in the name of this title, because you could do one or the other. You have two choices. That's about it. So, but yeah, he didn't do that. I think it was one of his teachers who said, you know, you should maybe look into film or, or creative writing or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, She just urged him. She was an English teacher. She was an honors English teacher. So I don't know if he was doing presentations in class or whatever it was, but that's a big deal. You know, she didn't say you should write a book. She's an English teacher. She didn't, you know, she said, go into film. So she saw something in him and he trusted her words and did that. And he says that uh, he was overweight, which you can't really picture when you think of Bob Saget from those days. He's very overweight, very cocky. And then he had a gangrenous appendix taken out. He almost died, and uh, and then he got over being cocky and overweight, and he became the uh, the nice guy he was known for being. And we, you know, we were talking about Louis Anderson, the tributes, Bob Saget too. I mean, I think Louis sadly was 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 battling cancer. There might have been some expectation that this could happen, but I think with Bob Saget. What was the cause of death there? Yeah, I don't. Completely- I'm not sure they
0: know. All I've been reading is that they don't think it, there was foul play or suicide, and they don't think mm-hmm. it was drug related. So I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll find out soon. Uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Maybe out now by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah. But uh, I, take I think it was natural causes. I think.
1: Yeah, and if that's what it was, and his ticker just went in his sleep. Personally, I take some. I take some. Comfort in that kind of thing. You know, he was, he was on the road. He was performing. Mm-hmm. He wasn't at Motel 6. He was staying at the Ritz. Mm-hmm. He was doing shows. He was doing what he loved. Apparently anybody you talked to knew that you could sit with, just like Norm McDonald before him, you could sit with Bob Saget for hours and talk about stand-up. He was a real student of the craft. Uh, him and Norm were also great friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he directed and "Dirty
0: Work," which they Norm Macdonald was work. was in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, a
1: hilariously awful and awfully hilarious movie. It mm-hmm. you know, really it it, uh, it rides that line. I don't know. I feel like what it's a it's a good life lived. I think people feel a little sad because he recently got remarried, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he and his new wife were were, were looking forward to a lot of time. Well, I say recently, I think it was a few years ago, but yeah, I think he felt like he had a lot of. Life left and people did, but hey, if you're going to go, it's a good way to go. And also, you know, you you look at some of the tributes of Bob and you listen to people talking about him, whether it's, uh, you know, the Conan O'Briens or whoever there's, you know, various people who he's worked with or come in contact with. It's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. I haven't seen anything
0: negative. No, uh, to not be honest, at
1: all. Uh, I, I don't want to say exclusively because I'm sure he might have shoved somebody out of his way once uh, in uh, in anger, maybe. But I don't know. It's like, these are people, you know. The, the, the sad part for me is that like the good people are gone. People who like spread a lot of uh, of joy. And I, if anyone wants to listen to a, a, an interview with Bob Saget and see what a sweetheart he is, you look at my friend Trent McClellan has a. Um, has a, a podcast called The Generators, and he interviews people kind of, you know, at the top of their game in, in comedy and in the sports world and in, in various arenas. And he met Bob just on the road. You know, he's a Canadian comedian, and he was, I guess, at some club where he met Bob, and he opened for him, and they had a, they had a nice connection. I don't know. I think it's been beautiful. I think it's been beautiful to see people like Ronnie Chang also saying that once they met, Bob would stay in, in touch and be, hey, I loved you in this movie. And this is great. Really proud of you. And he's just a, a wonderful guy. So yeah, the generators with Trent McClellan, it's an extended, I think it's over an hour that they talk uh, Trent and, and Bob Saget. It's a, uh, it's really nice. It's really sweet that, you know, he wasn't that guy who'd be like, oh, who's this Canadian guy in his podcast? He was like, I'll make time for anybody I like, so. That's uh, I I recommend the generators um, not just for Bob Saget's interview but but definitely for Bob Saget's interview.
0: It's really interesting because, as you said, he had this you, the legacy of him on TV, which as you said, Full House. America's Funniest Home Videos and then he was on the newer Full House so when he passed away a few weeks ago I was telling my kids oh you know uh, Bob Saget died they knew exactly who he was not no, from really. the first two shows but from Fuller House because yeah. he done a few episodes of that and of course my kids have gone back and watched Full House as well so they definitely knew who he was and then of course all of his comedy and he, as you said known for being like this this dirty or blue comic which a lot of people were surprised at uh, initially and then of course there's the Famous, you know, a couple of our friends texted us the Aristocrats, which is this whole documentary about you know what's supposed to be the dirtiest joke in comedy, and he's the win- like you know, and it's a you, could, you have to watch the documentary to, to get it, but he was basically takes the cake in that one, and everybody says no, he's the winner of the of the of the funniest telling of the Aristocrats joke. I actually agree with what you're saying. I the amount of of outpouring of love for this person, and it's because you know, what you give out into the world is what you get back, right? And I mean, just as he was such a nice person. That's what everybody says about him, all his co-workers, all his fellow comedians. Really, that's his legacy, I think, is how kind he was to people, how, you know, we've talked about this before, and people who are above you are doing well, you know, in comedy and entertainment, the people who reach down to help bring you up, right? That's what, is a mark of a good human being. And it sounds like that's what he was completely. So really that's, that's an amazing legacy uh, for him. Definitely.
1: And he stays in touch also, apparently with everybody from from that show, you know, they, yeah. I, I, I guess it's understandable that after eight, nine seasons, you'd become a family, but also you could be very sick of each other. You know? Oh yeah. And no, then,
0: I've read interviews with them where they say that doesn't happen in every show, but this one, yeah. like they keep in touch all the time. So sounds like it was very difficult, obviously for all of them. I'll just give you two pieces of trivia uh, uh, about things that I learned about him in terms of uh, other shows. One of them, I think you know. The second one, you may not know. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was the narrator for which, which long-running television show? I didn't know this. This yeah. was my
1: thing, too. This you was know, my this your as thing as well. This, this We both had well, the same thought thing. Very, very interesting. It wasn't a tidbit I'm sharing out of knowledge. It's I'm like, what? Yeah. I watched at least... 40 episodes of How I Met Your Mother uh, over the years, and I never caught on that it was Bob
0: Saget's voice. You know, I probably watched one episode total of that show. Oh, well. uh, so But I kn- I didn't know that he was the narrator. Okay, so you knew that. Okay, uh, two other trivia things about two other TV shows. He was also a regular person on Entourage, and he played this crazy version of himself. I, again, now that you know the real Bob Saget from all these converse yeah. people, say, he's not like this at all. The character in there was a total jerk on strung out on cocaine all the time and like womanizing and it, it totally unlike him, but yeah. he was on several episodes of that. And then, uh, then my kids also know him for being on this other TV show. Do you know what show recently? Like last no. year, I think it was the mass singer. No. He was one of the singers on the mass singer. Really? <laughs> he was squiggly monster on the last, on the, on the mass singer. So that was, uh, that was, so again, like he connected with a lot of people over many generations And, well, actually, there is one more piece of trivia, but why don't we save that for the next section?
1: We are talking about scleroderma today. And the reason we're doing that, Asif, uh, and and if you look up enough Bob Saget articles, you'll see this come up. Very, very quickly, it was mm-hmm. a it was a disease. The cure for which he was definitely trying his best to 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 find. You know, from with financial donations and awareness and all this kind of stuff. And it is because his sister Gay Saget passed away from scleroderma many many years ago. And I didn't think, I don't know, somehow I I I didn't think that an autoimmune disease could result. In, in in somebody's death too so that's why i wanted to have you you know in 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 bob's honor mm-hmm. kind of uh continue to, to, to spread some awareness about what scleroderma is.
0: Yeah, and definitely. And he was actually, I think, on the board of directors of uh, the Scleroderma Research Foundation in uh, the U.S. and raised a lot of money for them. And in fact, you should. Well, we'll give you these links, and we'll just mention it now. The Scleroderma Research Foundation in the U.S. and Scleroderma Canada, a lot of them are matching donations and things like that if you're donating his honor. So check out those websites. We'll link to those. But he was very involved with, as you say, raising money for this disease. He raised over $26 million for the Scleroderma Research Foundation over the years, and he invited his comedian friends who always said yes. John Stamos, not really a comedian, but you know what I mean, his friend John Stamos, George Lopez, Ray Romano, Chappelle, uh, Robin Williams, even John Mayer, who's a very good friend of his. I don't know if you guys have seen the video of John Mayer Mm -hmm. uh, picking up his car at the airport. Yeah. Have you seen that video Uh, on social media? Very, very sweet and like really, really nice. Him and Jeff Ross kind of just did this favor for Bob's uh, uh, wife, because his, his, his yeah. Bob Saget's car was stuck at the airport. His yeah, wife yeah. is dealing with a million things, so they went and did that and talked about that. So anyway, if you want to contribute just like these other guys have, you should definitely look into it. But let's talk a bit about this uh, disease. So scleroderma d- derives from the Greek words scleros, which is hard or indurated, and derma, which is... Skin. skin, right? So more which which
1: again led me to the confusion about you right. know, what, how is a skin disease re- resulting. So the
0: that? way to think about it is scleroderma is the skin manifestation of a bigger disease, which we call systemic sclerosis. So now, you know, when I learned about it in medical school, we just kind of called it scleroderma. But the rheumatologists, who are the they're the joint connective tissue doctors and a lot of autoimmune disease, they have now moved over the past 20 years or so to call it systemic sclerosis, to really highlight that it doesn't just affect the skin, it can affect lots of different areas. And it was first actually described... The thickened skin by Hippocrates, right? So, so the ancient uh, Greek father of medicine. And in 1836, there was this um, Italian physician called Fantinetti, and he used the term scleroderma generale at the time to describe the skin of somebody who had this tightening of their skin and then this loss of joint motion and then the idea of it being a systemic disease was introduced kind of in the 1940s by this guy named Robert Goetz. So that's kind of the progression of how scleroderma was named and identified over, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years.
1: What does it look like on somebody's body And, and yeah, what does it look like? How would you recognize it on someone or on yourself?
0: So there's different areas that can be involved, right? So when you have the skin findings, which is one of the main manifestations, if if you you get this progressive tightness, so what happens is your skin actually swells and has puffiness initially. Then it kind of uh, that swelling goes down and almost indurates. You almost have in like an indentation kind of in your uh, skin and the skin tightness. So it looks like your skin is very taut over people's Mm -hmm. face. Often it looks shiny. Usually, it affects the, the fingers first and then goes proximally. And then later on, it's uh, in other areas. But face is also pretty, pretty early. You can get different kinds of pigmentation abnormalities as well. You can a lot have a lot of itchiness, like very diffuse itchiness. Mm. Um, you can get what are called telangiectasias, which are these uh, blood vessels on your skin that are very prominent. And that, that can sometimes be a, a way to diagnose it. And the other thing that people get in their skin where well, they can get ulcers on their skin which they call digital pits, but they're actually just mini ulcers. It's not just a problem with your skin – and we get they get what's called collagen deposition in various areas, but it's not just the skin; it's actually the blood vessels. And when you think about it as a, as an abnormality of uh, of blood vessels and a blood vessel disease, that explains not only some of the skin findings, but why you also get other areas of the body involved. So, because of uh, the ulcers are actually a, a problem with the micro kind of blood vessels in your fingers, and you get insufficiency there, and like you know, an ulcer just like in this case just like death or necrosis many many areas there the other thing they get is raynaud's phenomenon have you heard of raynaud's phenomenon no. i know that you have connective tissue in your families uh, connective tissue diseases i should say so yeah
1: rheumatoid arthritis right which is so rheumatoid arthritis
0: lupus uh, scleroderma these are all connective tissue d- diseases or autoimmune diseases raynaud's you get uh, this uh, this color change in your in your hands where in this order, your hands or your fingers usually, especially with exposure to the cold, become white, like white, white, then blue, then red. And usually there's accompanying numbness or tingling and especially pain with that. Raynaud's phenomena can be seen in many pa- different types of connective tissue disease and sometimes just on its own, but it is very, very prominent in patients with scleroderma. So those are mainly kind of the skin sort of so issues that you can mm-hmm. see with scleroderma.
1: And then tell me uh, who gets it, who's at risk of it. Is it, uh, is there stuff, you know, that, if you do too much of
0: something, you could risk getting this. Or is it is it hereditary? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, it's it's pretty rare. the The incidence, so how many new cases you see a year, is about uh, twenty cases per million in the United States. So it's n- not very common. But they have noticed an increase rate over time. Again, for reasons that are unclear, it occur, occurs most often in women. As opposed to men, a lot of connective tissue diseases and autoimmune diseases occur more often in women. Again, we don't know exactly why. Usually, it's in patients 30 to 50 years but it can occur in any age group. I've seen it in kids before as well. So it, it, it can occur in any age group, but usually middle-aged women would be the most common age group that we'd see it in.
1: What is the prognosis? Once you know you have it? What does, is it uh, degenerative?
0: Well, it, it can be treated over time. There are different medications that you can use. It unfortunately has the highest mortality rate out of all connective tissue diseases. Mm. And it, it, that's because it. it Remember, the the scleroderm is just one aspect of it, but the bigger term is systemic sclerosis. So systemic means it can affect your whole body. And because of that, you can have these serious complications which can result in death in sometimes.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think you're painting a picture for what Bob Saget sort of and his family would have had to endure just watching what his sister Gay would have gone through, right? There must be – it must be pretty – pretty painful and and, and, and i
0: awful. think one of the reasons that bob saget is so was so committed to this cause is because it took his sister years to get diagnosed. And then she sounds like she passed very relatively quickly after the diagnosis. So he's like, why did she see so many specialists? And again, you can read about his journey. Uh, We'll link to a couple articles about it. You know, she was thought to have, you know, fibromyalgia. She was thought to be uh, psychogenic or functional, as we've talked about before on this podcast, right? It's all psychologic and and things like Mm -hmm. that. But then you see, and then you see it can happen in, in different organ systems So sometimes physicians can't put it all together, especially if they don't notice the skin things. And and so you could have stomach issues. You could have reflux, gastroesophageal reflux disease. You could have constipation. You can have obstruction in your intestines or diarrhea. This is all because of the... Blood vessels; it, it can cause severe respiratory problems and difficulty breathing. Uh, it can affect your heart and cause heart failure. It can cause renal disease, and sometimes that renal disease, so that's kidney disease, that could be life-threatening or fatal as well. Again, all everything in your body is supplied by blood vessels, so it's always theoretically can cause a problem with this. The other issue with that it can cause is with your muscles and joints, so you can get joint pain, muscle pain, joint limitation. You can even get what are called tendon friction rubs, which are almost exclusively seen in the systemic sclerosis. So you take someone's tendon and you move it. Either they move their hand and and you could hear a a noise and feel it under your fingers when they're moving this tendon. And these friction rubs, I don't know how to check for those. I've never (laughs) felt one before. But my rheumatology colleagues who are the experts in this can, can detect these.
1: Okay. Yeah, I get the feeling of, of of why it actually might have taken so long, depending on what she is going through. She might have been seeing, you know, heart specialists and lung specialists. And, and uh, you know, you said there's these gastro issues as well. She might have been seeing internal medicine specialists. So it's really about a rheumatologist, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, and, so and so
0: you could see all these, again, we, we sometimes compartmentalize things too much in medicine. So you just see the GI person, they might not think about the other systems.
1: Yeah, And
0: if you just see the respirologist, they might not think of the other systems. Or the, or a neurologist, not that it has too many neurologic symptoms, though it can because again there's small blood vessels in the brain as well but the rheumatologist you know they're not just joints right they are able to look at all different aspects of it so you know seeing a good rheumatologist to figure this out is sometimes what's necessary
1: and how does a rheumatologist diagnose this
0: mainly with the clinical symptoms they have kind of checklists and and guidelines to look at the you know the criteria that you you would kind of fulfill to have a diagnosis of scleroderma or systemic sclerosis. There are some antibodies you can check because the three main problems that your body has when you have a scleroderma or systemic sclerosis, we said we had abnormal collagen deposition in various areas like the skin. You have a problem with the microscopic blood vessels, but you also have a problem with your immune system. And they can check for that looking at various antibodies. Uh, They're not always seen in everybody. So again, it's still what we call a clinical diagnosis. There's no one blood test you can do. But they can also do what's called a nail fold uh, microscopy, where they look at um, kind of the, the, your nails with a, with a microscope, and you can access for kind of microvascular alterations. And that can also give people a, a, a suggestion that's what's going on. So the rheumatologists will often do that as well. Okay. So that's how it's diagnosed. How is it treated? So it's, it's tough. There, usually it's with uh, immune suppressive medication. So the common ones we use is uh, corticosteroids, which we've talked about in, in the past in other episodes, which decrease inflammation. But sometimes you have to go for stronger immune suppressives. Something like cyclophosphamide is one of the older medicines we use, but has a lot of side effects. And there's newer medications as well, what we call biologic agents, which has also, have also been studied that can be used. But sometimes you just have to go based on the symptoms. So for, for this symptom, what would you use? For another symptom, what would you use? So I'll give you the example of the Raynaud's phenomenon that change in the color of your skin, uh, white to blue to red, and that, which can also be painful. So you can use some medicines for that. You can use a calcium channel blocker, but you can also use a phosphodiesterase inhibitor. Are you sure you've never heard of sildenafil? I'm quite sure. Do you ever watch uh, the Sunday morning news programs on CNN, NBC, ABC, or CBS?
1: I mean, it's it's maybe happened by accident.
0: <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's another name for sildenafil, which is Viagra. Oh, you're kidding. I haven't heard of that either, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Do you know how Viagra works?
1: I mean, I know what it does, exactly how it works in the body. I've, I haven't taken uh, had taken the time to research
0: that. V- very, ish, you know, I, again, we don't have to do a whole episode on this, but basically it's a vasodilator. So it dilates blood vessels. To uh, allow and then for erectile dysfunction, more flow to the penis for, uh, for to help with erectile dysfunction, but it can dilate any blood vessel, right? So mm-hmm. again, the Raynaud's phenomenon—you're having this abnormal uh, constriction of your blood vessels. So sometimes that that works. Sometimes they have to use, they use so, a modified form. But
1: awesome. thank you for doing your part, doctor, for um, bringing some awareness to scleroderma. We felt like. You know, in, in in light of Bob Saget's passing, it was uh, it was the least we can do here.
0: Yeah, and as I said before, check out some of the re- research websites, as uh, so the Scleroderma Research Foundation, the US Scleroderma in Canada, and like I said, you know, if you want to do something to commemorate Bob Saget, a donation to either of these organizations would be extremely helpful and and something that we know he would have appreciated because he donated so much of his life uh, towards this.
1: Thank you for listening today. Asif, do you want to tell people uh, that you're their doctor? Sure.
0: Their doctor? Uh, well, before that, Just remember to reach out to us, Dr. V Comedian, uh, Twitter, Instagram, we're everywhere, Facebook, we're on YouTube, and send us an email, drvcomedian at gmail.com, let us know what you think, any ideas. We got a good email the other day, Ali, because remember, I've been asking people to rate us on Spotify, that's a new thing, and one of our listeners reached out to us, Tina, and she said, I did try and do that, but uh, you have to actually be listening on your Spotify account for that. So she's like, so I'll just switch over to Spotify for the next little while and rate you on that. Thanks, Tina. So nice. What a nice person. So um, she, she pointed that out to us, which, which was greatly appreciated. But please do uh, rate and review and just tell a friend about the podcast. We'd really appreciate that. And remember that although I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. Medical issues we talk about are for your interest and information only, and they're not medical advice. Please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.